0: Hey, everyone. It's Contrarious Live out of the dark, and we're getting a little bit late to start here tonight, but uh, we've got plenty of information to talk about. We'll be talking about current events again. By the way, um, there's a great show out there in Portland, Oregon called Ground Zero Media, and uh, they really do a great job um, when things start to heat up. You know, like during uh, Hurricane Harvey or Irma, or if we have some kind of 9-11 event, which I expect, that's a great show to listen to. They go for uh, five hours, Monday through Friday, and, uh, you know, if the hurricanes are heating up, that's what they're talking about for five hours straight. And they do have a lot of repetition because they got people coming on at different times. Uh, the host of the show is called the Clyde Lewis. Uh, you may have heard me talk about Tracy Twyman from time to time. She's a um, she's an author. I think she uh, was producing the show, but I'm not sure if she is anymore. But um, It's really a good show. I mean, even Alex Jones is good to listen to when things heat up. You know, it's not something I would listen to every day. But I started comparing the shows with Coast to Coast AM, and uh, Clyde's shows were better. He's been around for a long time. He's uh, worked in films and uh, horror films, and uh, he's an author, too. And uh, you can Google that. It's called Ground Zero Media. It comes on at uh, 7 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Uh, Another little data point that I would want to throw out there is that um, I mentioned to Chuck this week that um, for some reason, um, when I think about um, one just came to mind. I don't even know if it's, if it's true or not. When I think about a newspaper from a different city, I always seem to know the name. Like, one just came to mind. It's Orlando Sentinel. I'd have to look that up to see if that's even true. But it's like, I get them right, like, over and over again. If I just think about them, I go, how can I possibly do this? Because I don't have really good uh, recall. I don't really have... Uh, a good memory for it, even like a movie that I watched the previous night, which is kind of weird. Um, I think it has to do with your interest level. Um, My theory is, like I said before, that um, the reason that we remember things from the past is because um, how they affect us emotionally. You know, obviously, you're going to remember things in the past that impact you on an emotional level pretty strongly and the trivial things. And so maybe it's just because uh, I just don't really get in these movies that much. But um, I think it kind of validates the theory, which I hold to. I firmly believe this. We actually know everything. Um, somewhere deep down inside of it, we have talked about this higher mind and uh, appealing to the Bible and that relates to the conscience that um, we have a higher mind than the surface mind in a, Talked about how I think there's this firewall there where the information doesn't get through regularly to the surface mind. But I think that's an indicator for some reason. I I seem to know. I mean, well, there you go, a Sacramento Bee. You know what I mean? I mean, why would I know these things? <laughs> I, don't, I don't read these newspapers. You know, I don't normally go around to um, these websites or these newspapers. So it's kind of interesting. I've I, noted this for a number of years, but I've never talked about it. Um, Things are heating up. I know a lot of people, um, you know, Irma. they think, well, Irma didn't turn out to be what it was supposed to be, what it made landfall. And um, I think people are just saying, okay, let's go back to normal now. (laughs) No. No. Things are not going back to normal. Um, They're continuing to ramp up. In fact, you can actually see that The social engineers, whoever is doing all this, they are fitting these events in there. Uh, You might get one, maybe two days without the fear mongering or something bad happening. And so you can see that you don't have, because you don't have like two events in one day. That's how you can see it's artificial. You know what I mean? They're fitting stuff in there you, you, these are the events that you can ignore. I mean, you don't have to pay attention to what happened with London. I mean, you can just go, oh, you know, here we go again, you know. Um, then you have the other events where you can't ignore. But um, traditionally, we have not focused on um, the current events because um, I wanted to a podcasts that have some kind of a, a lasting effect like you listen to them a couple of years later. <clears throat> they're still so significant. I think a lot of people, I've been reading about this online, but the younger generations, like Generation Z, those would be the ones around 20 years old, give or take, they, um, they're in denial of all these things, all the negativity. Uh, that they're shutting it down. They really have been shut down emotionally, and you kind of got to shake them to wake them. um, I think most people are like that. Um, I've gone through a tremendous amount of changes in the last couple of weeks. Um, Physically, things have been good and bad, and uh, these big upswings of energy. And uh, I actually haven't told you all this, Chuck, but I've been extremely weak. Um, and things have actually deteriorated my end. Everybody's different. Everybody experiences this differently. Uh, but you've actually improved, haven't you?
2: Well, I was telling you last night, I, I've been um, physically, yeah, I've been weak physically. I think I mentioned on the show before, I just can't work out anymore and uh, um, just not there. I, and, but my, I think spiritually, like, my spirit is younger and stronger. And uh, if I need, need to, I can, like, overpower my body, you know. Let's just say my, my, my mind and spirit, I think I was telling you this last night, it seems like I'm going back to, like, 24, 25 years old. I mean, the way I'm thinking, um, you know, I believe in eternity, actually, and uh, it's, it's almost like I feel that way. And, uh, if I have to do something with my body, I can actually do it. But besides that though, my body's very, very weak. It's, uh, I've been tired. Uh, if I have to do something, if I have to work or whatever, yeah, I can, I can actually muster up you know, very easily with my mind. I can you need know, to work like a 24 year old again, you know? So I just noticed that, but, uh, regardless of that, I've, uh, yeah, I've, I've really toned down working out completely. Um, little here, a little there. Um, I go in basically just to, uh, to relax uh you know uh, if i if i do go to work out as i say real real lightweight just kind of stretching out i've actually started swimming a little bit versus lifting weights so just uh, stretching out and just taking it easy so so like i was talking to you before we started the recording um um i'm just getting away from uh a lot of stuff in this world uh you mentioned that generate the new generation these 20 25 year old kids Mm -hmm. they um you know, they they grew up in a world, Dave, where it's disaster after disaster. You know, they yeah yeah. You know, we kind of grew up when things were a little more uh, what we thought anyway, a little more solid, put it that way. You know what I mean? You know, there's a little bit more morals, a little bit more uh, uh, substantiated control over stuff. Where these these Generation X kids, you know, it changes every day with them, and I think they grew up not not trusting what they hear cuz things change the next day. Um mm-hmm. we grew up like you know things like you'll have insurance and the economy is good and the american dream and work hard and you put money away and retire, you know, and things like that which uh um have pretty well really been scraped off the table. And uh I think if I was 18, 19, 20 years old going out looking at a job, I wouldn't be looking at uh, you know, a career of forty years working in a factory or something like that. You know, like uh, back you know back when I grew up at, you know a lot of people took those uh, uh union type jobs. It was long term jobs that paid very well. I, I live up in the industrial belt, so if you could get a good job at like General Motors or something like that. Make a because their parents made a career out of that stuff and retired very nicely. You know, and uh, that's all been kind of washed away. So they're growing up in a time of uncertainty, and uh, you really can't blame them for. Where their minds are, because they don't have, they never grew up with anything certain in their lives at all. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, these articles it was talking about a lot of this has to do with um, the economic situation since 2008. It's really affected them. Uh, just yesterday, I was seeing uh, this article about how many uh, 25-year-olds males are committing suicide. Wow. Uh, they just don't see any hope in the future. You know the American dream. They know that is
2: well.
0: You know, know that, I was it's reading, not going to happen. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, exactly.
2: Well, I was reading an article today, and it was talking about how the uh, the so-called middle class. And it was saying that uh, um, the way the system was set up, and the uh, they kind of blamed it on the last administration too, though that uh, brought the. Uh, um, the entitlements up and the welfare type stuff up really, really high, and they they, they got it figured out where uh, a mathematician did this. Where um, the the article is entitled, entitled "Like the Middle Class Is Dead," and what it was saying that was like the bread the people that work full time. Okay, um, let's just and put it at they work very hard to support their family. They pay their taxes, and let's just say they're making sixty-seven thousand dollars. We'll just use that. They are using that figure, $67,000 a year, okay? And they were saying the way the the system is now, if somebody, let's say a 25-year-old, hasn't figured out where, or a lot of people do, just working one week a month for minimum wage with the benefits you get, the Medicare, um, the insurance you get, the food stamps you get, all the government... uh, all the government handouts you can get only working one one week out of the month at minimum wage comes in at like $69,000 a year worth of benefits, all right? And then it was saying then if these people are doing side jobs for cash and stuff, they're making more than somebody making $67,000 a year in a real job, all right? And that, that's the numbers we're living with today. And uh, I kind of went into where if somebody's uh, like, like me, I got to pay for my own insurance. So you kind of went in at $67,000 a year, then you got to pay a thousand dollars a month, or with me it's like $1,500 a month with a $12,000 deductible, okay, for my family plan. All right, so that's basically right out of my shorts. Uh, if I don't use the insurance, it's like $15,000 a year off my 67 I make. You see what I'm saying? Whereas if you just work one week a year, your Medicare costs you like 50 or 60 bucks a month and you have your insurance is all covered all right so it's kind of just putting all these different government way so the government screwed the system up and it's actually raping the raping the middle class it's destroying the middle class actually and uh the attitude about working for somebody and making no money and all that stuff like that kind of comes into play then too you know everybody's burnt out and everybody realizes this you know and uh it was kind of kind talking about this is kind of our economy is really going to crash because of this, what's going on. People are figuring this out, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Tell me if you could sit back and make more money working one day a week than you do working a full-time job. Uh, I think a pretty high percentage of the population would jump on that bandwagon, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just the world we live in today. And the Generation X knows this, what's going on. You know, they'd rather,
0: yeah. you know, so... Yeah, they talk. They talk a lot about it amongst themselves. Mhm. I think they kind of discourage each other. Oh yeah. Kind of a lot of apathy. But uh, there's a a large segment of society that's just on the on this financial edge, and it would be easy to say that this is what the social engineers have done. I mean, I've thought about this kind of thing myself. You know, they're keeping people right on the edge. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, yes. keeping them from prospering. But I actually think that God is doing that. This is kind of a positive thing. He's restricting it because if they go much farther, uh, they, I mean, they're just living paycheck to paycheck. But they're not going to make it. They can't make it. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, and this article kind of went into because
2: of this, uh, forget the retirement, people aren't going to, you know, retirement. That's just, that's a thing of the past, you know, that nobody has any money. I mean, uh, Average person, you know, most people, you know, they got under $10,000 in their bank accounts now, and that's, you know, like only 20% of the population even has that left. And they uh, are saying the average person, you know, 40% of the population out there only has a $1,000 saved or, or reserve funds and things like that. So uh, retire at 65, no, it's not going to happen anymore, you know. Uh, housing is uh, horrible now. Uh, people can't afford houses. Absolutely. Uh, back in like 2010 or whatever like that, 70% of the population owned houses, that's down to like 45% now. Okay? And, uh, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. And uh, this thing's just snowballing, man. This economy is... Uh, uh, yeah, like you said, we're living, people are living right on the edge. I'm living right on the edge. You know? Mm-hmm. It's month to month now, and uh, I used to make pretty good money, you know? And uh, I used to make incredible money. But now it's like the more money I make, the more expenses I have, the more taxes I pay. Um, it just, it's a losing battle after a while that all of a sudden, if, uh, you know, if the IRS comes at you for an audit and stuff and, and things like that, it's like, why, are, why am I even doing this? It doesn't matter. You know? <laughs> this is crazy. I'm doing nothing but beating myself up, killing myself, um, to, to do what? To pay my electric bill, my mortgage bill, to put gas in the car? You know, that's, uh you know, you got to throw in there, feed yourself, you know what I mean? But it's still, it's, uh you're not moving, you know, I'm not moving ahead. I don't think anybody's moving ahead, you know? Nobody's, uh, nobody's getting their dream house. Nobody's getting their, their dreams are shot. You can't, you can't afford your dreams anymore, okay? Um, except for the disparity, the ultra-rich are getting richer, the middle class and below are getting poor is what it's coming down to, you know, so.
0: Yeah, if you're up and coming, you can. Uh, if you're in the right in- industry. industry. Mhm, mhm. It's different. Other than that, uh, no.
2: But it's a real, it's a real small
0: percentage though.
2: Um,
0: um uh, another exception would be entrepreneurs, but they're making it more and more difficult. Um, you got to be kind of gifted now. Well, ideally, that's what you want to do. And just to have the freedom, because even if you make a lot of money, you still got the boss. You got to. That's, that's a form of slavery, you know.
2: Well, to be – the way it is to be an entrepreneur, I've been an entrepreneur majority of my life. It's more difficult now. It's a daily fight. Before to be an entrepreneur, uh, you used to be able to figure it out and, and cruise along. You know, you find your niche, and uh, you make the money you want, and you, you kind of – you know, if you don't have big dreams or whatever, or if you're not a workaholic, you can, you can be happy with your niche. But uh, today – the rules, the regulations, the taxes, the insurance—you yeah. get the daily fight now just to be an entrepreneur. They don't want people. Yeah. They—they they, they don't want people to be an entrepreneur. You know. Or, right. And the big companies are kind of gobbling it up. I mean, if you take all of these like small mom pop like you know, uh, retail stores or food stores and stuff. No, Walmart does not want that. You know what I mean? The big uh, Amazon does not want that. All right. Um, let's say you wanted to open up a used bookstore. Uh, Amazon doesn't want How can you compete with Amazon? You can't. You know what I mean? Absolutely no way at all, you know?
0: So, yeah, um, you've got, it, it has to do with uh, uh, creativity, Chuck. You've got to do something out of the loop. Otherwise, they've stacked everything against small businesses.
1: Yeah. So unless yeah.
0: you can find some kind of niche, you know, all through history, well, all through sort of the industrial age, you see people who come up with inventions. That's what you yep. need to do with something fresh and creative. Otherwise, yep. you're going to be trying to establish a small business. Look what you have to do if you're going to like start a restaurant. I mean, most, um, I hate to say it, but I mean, uh, we talk about black people being lazy, uh, but um, white people are lazy too because um, yeah. these Hispanics come in and they start these um, restaurants. they got one person working there or they'll have the whole family working there. Yes. And they will work hour on end 12 hours in a row and um that's their whole life and uh, that's what you have to do that's what you uh, have in to East, initially and a lot of white people they um they're not willing to do that you can see it well and also well, the people coming in from india stuff like that they 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 do a better job than the white people so well
2: um, well the truth is though too
0: you know um employees okay let's say and the, you have a restaurant. And the koreans the koreans
2: yeah and but... let's say it takes it takes six people to op- to operate that restaurant okay so if you're doing it yourself and you have five employees um and let's just say uh working at a restaurant uh i mean even if you say thirty thousand dollars a year okay you're paying out so that's six employees that's 180 thousand dollars out the door a year on with employees okay
1: mm-hmm. well
2: if you had if you had six family members probably living in the same house actually right mm-hmm. all working in that restaurant well now you have a hundred and eighty thousand dollars of income is going to a household they can they can mobility they can move up you know what I mean um, versus having employees so you know um, foreigners actually have a lot more of a, uh, a family orientated uh, uh, baseline and they can do that where that doesn't, Americans really don't have that baseline anymore, okay? Um, every now and then you'll see a couple of brothers or a father and son working together and stuff. That's that's even... That's getting a little bit different there. I feel like, you know, brothers and fathers and sons working. There's a lot of family feuds and a lot of breakups that happen and stuff like that, too. So, um, But these foreigners kind of got it down, you know, where, uh, you know, because they're actually... If you've been overseas or whatever I mean they're used to they have a communal a communal type of uh, uh society so they're absolutely they're kind, of, they're kind of used to that they're kind of used to like the grandmother or the grandfather or the mother or the children the uh, the grandchildren they you know living in the same house they have no problem with that at all it's it's kind of yeah. and if they're smart they buy more land and the house gets bigger and they get more land but they're still basically all hanging around that house or you know, every now and then they'll build another piece of, you know, another, another house on the property real close or whatever. But, you know, it's uh, communal. It is kind of a, um, they still have a family pride or they kind of keep the, uh, they take care of each other still, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or that's a thing of the past in America completely.
0: That's actually an ancient concept. You see that a lot of Christians wouldn't know this, but uh, that's, that's the way society was in ancient Israel. They had extended families. They would build extensions to the same building. And uh, you had multiple generations there. Mm -hmm. I saw an article a few days ago in Seattle where this uh, lady was complaining because she went to this really nice restaurant, and um, they charged $15 for a hamburger and fries or something like that. Sure. And she wrote a bad review of the whole thing. And uh, the the chef, the chef, uh, he was actually the owner. He owned um, at least two other restaurants, maybe three. And he, he answered her in, in, in detail. And he explained to her that he was giving his um, employees a, a fair wage. And he laid everything out there. And then he revealed that I'm not making any money in this restaurant, I'm losing money. I hope to make money yep. in the foreseeable future. I mean, if you actually pay your employees well and do it the way, you know, the right way, and um, you know, the nine to five type stuff or whatever the heck, you can't even make any money.
2: Right, and, that's correct.
0: And, no, but he was actually, oh, the other thing, he was using um, high quality meat. I don't even think it was organic, okay? It might have been. I mean, that's how much it cost. you know what I mean? And uh, he's just saying this is the way it is, and uh, the lady, <laughs> she never showed up again. So he responded to that really well. It just gives a good illustration of how much it actually costs to do something like that, you know?
2: And yep. you got to –
0: a lot of these people, um, they do it for the, the love of it. They like to eat us right. food, things like that, not because you're going to make any money. Uh, it's, it's difficult in the restaurant business. There's no no question. And, boy, if you get a bad review on Yelp, you can be destroyed. You know what I mean? Yeah. People read yeah. that, yeah. and uh, yeah. they will avoid you. And, and you can <laughs> – I mean, this is like uh, subterfuge, you know, and um, all kinds of nasty stuff's going on because of the economy, because this is true for any kind of product, really, because um, you can get a competitor who will get in there, like on Amazon, everyone an your review and the whole thing's fake You know what I mean? how do you permit that
2: kind of thing I yeah you can't no you can't I, I actually read something about somebody got busted for writing over a hundred they got prosecuted for writing over a hundred bad Yelp or I think it was Yelp Yelp reviews okay so it was Amazon reviews yeah right? and uh, just trolling and causing mischief and problems basically you know, it's kind of funny where you're talking about you, uh, an entrepreneur has got to come up with a unique, really good idea. Well, we've also um, progressed in a society where these people, instead of doing positive things like that, it's, it's easier to fall into uh, scamming people out of money. Their idea is to scam people out of money. So, so three-quarters of the stuff I see out there on the Internet are jobs or job openings or ads out there um there really isn't anything there besides to take money out of your pocket okay that's a, there's a lot of thi i i i think it's thievery, actually you know um these uh good ad copy guys and they come up with a really good concept and uh what they're promising really doesn't exist okay so and there's people looking right now and they they're taking advantage of people looking for something to do and they charge for it okay and uh there's really nothing real that I see out there, all, the, all these, especially on the Internet. You know, everybody's trying to make money off the Internet. Um, yeah. You know, uh, some of our people in the show, it's like, you know, they want to be, you know, work-at-home parents or work-at-home dads, you know, and uh, um, they pretty well corralled all that. See, once you do figure it out and start making money, they just come back and they change the rules again. And uh, it all goes back to the big corporate. Google just did that over the last couple of months. All these people making money off their videos, they, uh, they cut that pay down. Well, they took, they, they took like three quarters of the pay away. So let's just say you were making videos. Uh, um, I know a comedian that does it. He's pretty funny, actually. And he was making a living off of his – he was putting his skits on, uh, on YouTube. And all of a sudden he just lost three quarters of his pay overnight because of a Google new Google rules or, or or paying scheme and uh it doesn't work anymore. You know, he can't he can't survive now. Um these Google ads that used to work or if you advertise your business on Google and stuff, that stuff is like five folded in price. Okay, so it doesn't it doesn't really and the way they manipulate it too, it's like um let's say you're a, a, a furniture salesperson or a sales you know company all right you used to be able to put like uh, your ads on there for somebody looking for let's say woodworking supplies okay you sell supplies for woodworkers um, that's so manipulated now it's almost like it's almost like once they see where the money's coming in on Google they kind of move in and they they move I don't want to say they move it to their friends or they move it to themselves or they move it to where they 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 have have a really good good way of moving it around to where they want to move it, put it that way, all right? I think they just got prosecuted for that, actually, over, over in Europe. Billions of dollars, didn't they? Hundreds of millions of dollars, anyway, for ad manipulations like that, okay? They got their computers and stuff, and all of a sudden they find a hot topic, and they'll just jack the prices up on the ads and to the point where the only person that can afford the ads anymore are the top corporations, okay? And it just wipes the little guys out.
0: You know, it's funny. Um, what they're doing is they're, they're, they're making it hard to, to make a clean living. But um, if you want to get into drugs, if you want to get into the porn. Well, yeah. Uh, something we haven't talked about. I mean, any uh, girl can turn 18 now. Um, she already got a cam on her laptop. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's free to sign up. Uh, there's plenty of sites out there. You can go. Uh, you can make money tonight. Yeah, money. We're making that easy.
2: They're making that real easy, aren't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Be- become a cam whore.
2: <clears throat> well, I, you know, I I can see how these some of these disadvantages, like, uh, let's say you're living in a uh, in a city and in the core, no education, you grew up, uh, you grew up core, uh, it's like, and you see like your brother making a couple of thousand dollars a week selling drugs, okay? Mm -hmm. Well, just human nature, and I mean, I'm not condoning this at all, but I'm just saying human nature, you can understand how, why would I get a job at McDonald's making, taking home three, four hundred bucks a week, when my brother's making $2,000 a week cash, no taxes, driving a Cadillac? Uh, it's very yeah. easy to uh,
0: to be scared, Yeah, they, they see that. You know, sure. You know. Yeah. The other thing too, um, if they don't go that route for whatever reason, they just become apathetic because they can see that you got to work, work, work. Yeah. Uh, even yeah. at McDonald's. And uh, <laughs> you're not making, um, you're making about the proximate same amount of money as if you just live off the government. Yeah. And so they quit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because there's no motivation to work, and I think that's a deliberate conspiracy.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, there's a whole most of these people on welfare and food stamps, and, uh, and uh, you know, and I'm not not picking on anybody, like you know, these uh, these women with uh, with kids and stuff like that. Um, they really they know the system inside and out, okay? And uh, yeah. Well, my accountant they, tells the stories. Cause he, they learn he's, from uh, each other
0: just like when they're in prison. They educate each yeah, other? Yeah. Oh, I like mean, it's a criminal it. society anyway. Go
2: ahead. I, I mean, no, they got it down where... Uh, um, I know these girls, uh, the girl that cuts my hair, the nail shop next door. All these girls are um, are basically on the government duel, and they're all working in the nail shop for catch. And they have more money than I have. They have the parties, they have lifestyle, they have everything. You, you, they really do, you know what I mean? And, uh, um, but, the, you know, and they teach, they teach their, uh, they teach everybody around them how to do it. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's survival, there's no doubt about that, you know what I mean? They're, they're actually doing, a, they're doing, they're doing, they're allowing that to happen and it's happening and, uh, I don't think it's going to stop. It's like, there's a whole underground society away from back where we started out being a middle, you know, working the middle class, working a job 40, 50 hours a week for, for uh, decades, you know, I mean, trying to save money, trying to get ahead. Um, um, yeah, it's tough. It's, it's, it's going to get tougher and tougher. I don't know how long this is going to go on, man, to be honest with you, you know.
0: Well, with all the robotics that they're putting in there, you see these articles. Weekly um, they're heading towards a universal wage hmm. that's where all this is going yeah they, they would have I'm, they would have to do that i I'm thinking this is why they're trying to get rid of
2: the cashless society too the way that the uh, in, uh the way the- the uh, government thinks to take away the to take away the cash so that if you do make any money, you can't be paid cash. You got to be paid through the system so they can grab their taxes out of it, okay? Very devious. They they know what's going on and they're allowing it to happen. And instead of causing a big ruckus, you know, uh, um, busting people, put it that way, they just go cashless. So every dollar does have to go through their system, okay? You know what I mean? And uh, I mean, you know, just making me think right here now, this whole uh, immigration thing, they always talk about all the undocumented workers and uh, all bring them up. Who's going to pick our crops and stuff? It's like, well, you you want to bring these immigrants in to make them basically slaves so they can pick oranges or pick vegetables in California at at minimum wage? That's kind of weird in the first place right there, too. But I'm thinking, how are these people getting paid if they're und- undocumented? All right, and uh, they gotta be being paid cash, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if they put this cashless society in, that has to be documented then, otherwise they don't work. So yeah, they got a big mess in their hands here. I don't know. <sighs>
0: Anyway, that's enough. Everybody,
2: every, well. every, yeah, everybody's trying to survive. That's what it comes down to. You know
0: what I mean? We, we've got enough depressing things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Notice the world does not appear too cheery. Is, because people in denial. I already mentioned that. It
1: it's, absolutely. Um,
0: it's a survival technique. Um, just like uh, the human mind, if it gets into severe uh, trauma, it starts to split develop uh, multiple personalities. You can do that artificially, but the theory is is that God actually designed the mind as a last resort, theoretically, to survive. without Uh going completely crazy. And that's obviously some kind of psychosis or mental illness, but um, that's probably the last step to be able to function at all before you completely shut down. (laughs) Yeah. So moving on here, I mean, um, I would call this uh, what we're going through uh, a healing crisis, I've explained a healing crisis before. A healing crisis is when you're moving in the right direction, but because you've got internal problems, I think they're universally um, an energy blockage. People tend to forget about that because it's out of sight, out of mind. But when you have these different problems, you know, like a tumor or whatever the heck, there's an energy blockage there. The life force is not getting to it. Okay. And uh, so there's different techniques like acupuncture, acupressure, whatever the heck. Even massage can work to get the energy flowing. The energy needs to flow freely. And um, this has a lot of commonalities with um, what we've talked about before. I know this is a problematic term with Christians. It's called the Kundalini Awakening. Uh, but if you just kind of move past that term, that, that, the reason I use that term is because in the East, that, that's what it's classically called. That's, that's the number one term that they use in the different books and stuff like that, like a classic book I've talked about before. I've, you guys written a number of books on this subject. Things Gopi Krishna. But uh, when that energy starts to flow like it never has before, and these block, uh, blockages start to break down, you have these negative symptoms. And I experienced this. Um, I'm really fortunate that I did uh, back in the mid-90s. I was actually exposing myself unwittingly to an excess amount of energy. You don't want to do that. Can, it can actually kill you. Okay? And that's when I learned that I had to uh, practice grounding. Fortunately for me, like I said before, I had this um, high-quality um, sounder light device. In the old days, they used to call them a, a mind machine. That's not a bad thing, but uh, it, it had a grounding program, which most of them don't. And I could take like a black stone in my left hand, which is the receiving hand, just lay down, and I just feel that excess energy just dissipate. And there's a lot of different ways to ground yourself. You could stand in a small box of sand, or you could just stand barefoot on the earth, or walk on the grass, or something like that. There's lots of different ways. Even uh, putting your feet like Um, you have an excess of energy. And what we have right now is an extremely energetic environment. There's like an excess of energy. Um, I mean, in relationship to where we're at right now, we have to move forward in order to be able to profit from all this. So unless we do that, you know, kind of transform, uh, i using that word deliberately, but I don't mean like in the sense that we've been talking about before. Um, you're going to have problems benefiting from it without some kind of negative symptoms. I've never experienced anything like this uh, since the mid-90s. There's a lot of parallels. Uh, The only thing along the way was actually in 2012, where there was this obvious influx of energy that people, everybody on the show at that time, they were into it. They were doing enough things right where they could feel the energy. Like I said before, there was a time when I could I couldn't feel anything. You know, I couldn't feel a, a crystal pulse. All crystals pulse, and people have different abilities to feel that pulse. And um, sometimes you can be born with that ability, even if you could be an alcoholic or something like that. It just kind of runs in the family. I've talked about that before. This one girl that had the ability to do it, she could feel it, and I couldn't. But eventually, uh, I developed that ability, and actually. Um, I've started losing that ability, and now it's starting to come back again. Isn't that something? I think I started losing it just because I was getting more toxic, getting older, because your body's a vessel, and it's just (laughs) what your body does. It just accumulates toxins. The whole environment's toxic. So there has to be some kind of balance or exchange between the toxins that come in and the toxins that go out, you know what I mean? you got to maintain that balance. Otherwise, you're going to start sinking. You get out of whack there. So uh, um, our bodies are going through a, a tremendous amount of change right now. And uh, I one of the main things indicators is, I mean, this is not something that you're imagining. Um, I've talked to you, Chuck, about how many times I'm sleeping uh, three times a day. And you've actually mentioned that, too.
1: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah.
0: And it takes a lot of energy to digest food. People don't think about that. But most Americans, they spend over 60% of their energy just digesting food. That's why in, in the long term, at least over three days, you get more energy when you fast. But initially, you'll feel tired. Again, that's a healing crisis because these toxins are coming into your bloodstream, just like if can take too long between meals. That's why you feel tired. And when you eat, you shut down the detox. You don't actually get energy from the food because um, it, it's going to take you about an hour to digest um, like a cantaloupe. So where's the energy coming from? Well, It's not coming from the food because you have to digest it first. You have to assimilate it. You have to transmute it. So you're just shutting down the detox. And, uh, But... Um, This is really something, and uh, you know, when we talk about uh, the Book of Revelation being fulfilled in some sense, it's kind of a preliminary thing. I just want to clarify that because one day I was out walking around, and uh, I didn't even plan that that show. I was just going to the to the bank, and uh, I didn't uh, expect to do all that talking. But um, the the like I said, the energies uh, are streaming down from these constellations. It's streaming down from Wormwood. Excuse me. Yeah, that's right, Wormwood. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's what I said, didn't I? You did say that. Okay. (laughs) And it's streaming down from Draco. And uh, I'm not sure about Wormwood, but uh, with Draco, it's, it's something that's going to peak. After Virgo, see, all these stars, it's not like they stop and start. All the stars, are they're, they're always streaming down the energy. talk about this report, okay? But um, Virgo and Draco are ramping up. And we've talked about how the energy is, is selective, you know. And uh, a lot of that has to do with just the fact that, uh, you know, just setting aside God's sovereignty is that you have to be prepared. You have to prepare yourself. Uh, to benefit from these kind of things. I've talked about how the body is like uh, an antenna um, or a battery, you know. And if you got a rough seal, broken antenna, you're not going to be able to profit from this. Um, we're not sure exactly how this works, but I think in the long term it will help people, but initially they're going to be uh, at a disadvantage. You know what I mean? This is a new age, and it's a superior age. Uh, Of which much has been spoken about in the past. The question is, when does this age begin? Because it has a uh, significantly better energetic environment, it's going to affect everything at every single conceivable level. For instance, it it will affect your mind. You just mentioned earlier um, these changes that are going on with you mentally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Once you move, move past the sticking point or healing crisis, you, you will your mind will become more open. That, notice I've talked about this before this has happened since 2012, since they got that big energy influx. And I've seen it in people. And uh like I, I mentioned on the show, uh, Connie and I did um a podcast on cosmology in 2012, and um even though I wasn't a flat earther, you know, I didn't believe in a spherical or anything like that. Um I was very aware that people—I mean—they think you're out of your mind, you know. Back then, and uh, this kind of thing did not really get going along until late 2014, early 2015, and that's why I kind of presented it as um, the podcast is up. I think it's maybe like three hours long. Back in 2012, it's called Ancient Hebrew Cosmology. I just kind of presented it as if. Um, you know this is what the Hebrews believed. But as I went along, it was pretty obvious that this is what David Connie believed, you know what I mean? Because I was talking in just a little bit too much detail. But the reason I did that is because I was very uh, aware that people are gonna think you're out of your mind. You know what I mean? I mean but look at look at people's mindset now. You know what I mean? Um, things have really changed. I mean, I'm not sure if you could have done that back in 2010. You know, I'm talking about the uh, YouTube Earth movement. If you want to call mm-hmm. it. Um, somebody was just talking about... Well, we were talking about Facebook before we pushed record button there with Joel. Yeah. And you was talking about the negative things about Facebook, which I... You can see that Facebook... Uh, <laughs> I don't have a good relationship with it, I and mean, it doesn't inspire me. I can't, uh, I can't get motivated to do much on there. But I was listening to an older show with Jaron on Hoaxbusters, and he was talking. You know, Jaronism, mm-hmm. flatterer flatter proponent, and uh, he was telling about how, how he got disgusted with Facebook, and uh, because of all the uh, the fighting and uh, you know, name calling and idiocy that goes on there. These are people that are supposed to be on his side. But they're always attacking people and saying negative things and it just it just That's
2: hilarious. kind of another another thing that, another thing I've been kinda of shutting off too and getting away from. Um I used to, you know, it's almost like, you know, waking up and watching the news or listening to the news on the way way to work, put that out but uh, and I was waking uh-huh. up every morning and turning on the computer and uh checking out facebook you know scrolling down real quick and just looking at all the different posts and everything and uh i realized i said man i'm spending like a half an hour an hour a day looking at mostly garbage (laughs) you know so and uh i've been kind of uh i've been getting away from that too it's uh it's kind of funny you you were talking about the energy streaming down from these different constellations out there and stuff but uh I don't know. I've had a couple of talks with with you and a couple of other people too that listen to the show about uh the way the sun has looked the last the last week or two weeks. Yeah,
0: we're going to talk about that. Yeah.
2: Okay, and okay, uh, you, yeah, you
0: can wait. You can wait around for that a little bit. I'll, I'll get to that. Sure, um, sure. Okay. But um, what we're seeing here is kind of a preliminary thing, and it's primarily based on revelation. But the reason I'm talking about it is because it's being verified in our bodies. Um, I can feel the negative energy. It's not like we're shielded from it or anything like that. But there's more negative energy and there's more positive energy. And our bodies are not used to all this. And so they have to go through an adaptation period, which is going to be different for everybody. And God's sovereignty is going to be involved. We've been told, and this would make sense to me, that this new influx of of energy from the constellation of Virgo is for God's people primarily the remnant, uh, to prepare them, they they have to be prepared to go on an exodus. I've talked about how the place of protection is a, is a oh, uh, Goshen in, in Egypt. It was a historical kind of a prototype. It was a stopping-off point. Kind of like boot camp or something like that. You know, kind of shakedown. Well, you're not quite ready to go out there in the wilderness yet, you know. And by that way, that wilderness is not as severe as it's depicted uh or if we think because the climate was not as severe back then there was a lot more vegetation and greenery and um, but they had to go farther than we actually this is just my opinion they had to go farther north so it was actually a longer journey but it, but the environment was not as severe but these people today uh first of all these people are not healthy uh, a lot of these people are crippled you know they, don't, they may not even realize it because it's just like normative now you know different systems of the bodies are not functioning. People are not exercising. They um, they sit around too much. I was just reading a couple days ago how it's important to stand up every half hour. At least, at least stand up, you know what I mean? Don't sit there. It's really, really bad for people uh, to sit there for a of time. Our bodies are not designed for that, you know? And, uh, but they, I mean, these people, I mean... You know, uh, I've talked about um, devolution and how it relates to, um, you know, the emotions of man. And uh, modern man is very emotional
1: creatures. If
0: we look at those uh, Israelites, and, and, you know, th- those people were, were tough people. And we look at them as a bunch of complainers, whiners, moaners. Oh, my. Um, well, I don't even think these people would even get to that point. Uh they would have to be physically assisted by God. Uh, they would just perish, you know. And I, I think God was helping those people, but I, I think that passage in the Book of Isaiah, where it talks about um, they will be given the wings of eagles, I think that has to do with supernatural assistance. And I, I absolutely believe that they have to have this, you know. So it's exciting to me because I believe that God is starting right now to prepare his people physically. And it's going to affect emotionally too. Um, All the, you know, the aspects of the the body are interrelated to some degree. And uh, he's preparing his people. And uh, that's a good thing because um, the only thing I've really seen before was the Mandela effect. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, uh, most Christians don't know about that, but that, that's a big wake-up call once you find out that your Bible's been changed from a distance. You're hearing that for the first time. You uh, need to look into that. We've talked about it before. Uh, it should be in yeah, it's been a couple of podcasts. I mean, I've talked to people, and... Uh, they didn't believe the Mandela effect, and they opened their Bible, and they go, my Bible has been changed. What happened? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's pretty freaky. So um, remember Dustin mentioned um, that he has experienced uh, body odor, underarm body odor. <laughs> uh-huh. there, Dustin. Um, but uh, we had already said that ourselves. Um, Emily was the first one to mention it on the show. And then I, was, I, I asked Kate about bad breath. See, these are, these are obvious indicators that pretty much anybody can see. So pay attention to these things. Because most people are not paying attention to their bodies. I talked about that previously. In our society, you don't pay attention to your body unless there's significant pain or pleasure. Did you want to say something,
2: Chuck? No, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, well, I was actually going to mention that uh, once Emily brought that up, I think we all independently – we, you know, we all realized it, too. It was like well, it took one person to bring it up for the rest of us to realize, that, well, yeah, that's going on, too. But I I just thought it was a personal thing versus uh, I didn't know what was happening to other people. It was kind of amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, I have to brush my teeth more than I used to. It's obvious. My breath is not as good. And I also have to shower more. My my. This doesn't happen to me in the winter, but uh, in the summer when the temperatures are higher here, uh, my skin will get clammy. Obviously, the uh, seasons are gonna change here. Temperatures. Um, I also wanna say, too, that um, people have, have concluded in some circles that there was a conspiracy with these um, these glasses, which were supposed to protect you during the eclipse. You may remember me talking about that. Well, other people started concluding the same thing. I'm um, actually talking about what I've seen on YouTube. Um, a few people, they've mentioned along the way. Yeah, because of the damage, you know. And, yeah, I don't think those glasses probably protected anybody at all
2: so anyway um no Dustin, Dustin mentioned his eyes were still burning, and uh he was looking he glanced at it through a welders a welders helmet, which is going to be probably five to ten times more powerful or blocking uh any glasses you guys the average guy had on out there, you know the ones they were sewing so yeah
0: um What should we talk about next? Well, I've been emotionally uh, harassed recently because of two things that have happened to me. Uh, It has to be with changes with the sun um, and also the Peco video. Uh, also, it can freak me out. I don't. I don't freak out easily, and I, and I don't get scared. Uh, i have pretty much always been that way. So we're going to be talking about that. Um, why don't we talk about the solar thing right now? Okay. Okay. So, uh, we presented a theory which is unique to our show. Um, we can't prove it. Over a real way to disprove it. You've run this kind of thing over and over again. And um, I don't want to give the whole background because I've done it before, but uh, there's energy that is streaming down in a cyclical fashion from above. Because we got this up and down thing here going on. We don't have outer space, we have a solid firmament. It's supposed to be crystalline or translucent in structure where the light can permeate it. And we also have a unique view of the sun. It, it is not a gaseous ball. It is a solid object. Um, and it is, um, I would, it's not flat. But it's, uh, one way to think of it is like a shield. Yeah, I'm using that as a new term here, okay? It has curvature. But one way to, to, that would be helpful is to think of it as like uh, the end of a flashlight, not the flashlight itself, you know, but just the front of it, and it's curved in our direction like a a slight uh, convex mound, and it's basically a, 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 um, a transmuter of cosmic energy, and... Um, However, all that works. And it has to do with the angels. The angels do all this kind of thing. And this is how the earth is shaped. And this is how the moon is shaped. And people have not heard this before. (laughs) Okay? And um, anyway, um, you get these influxes of energy, which is going on right now, and they're going to cover it up. Now, uh, what's happening here, people can um, have negative reactions to it, and it can also affect technology, such as radio transmissions.
2: Mm-hmm. We are talking
0: about that today. Uh, the same thing can happen with an excess of uh, the life force. Like when a person who, um, who has uh, an excess of it, or sufficient amount of it, they can walk by a, uh, a street light, you know, and the street light will go off. So it will affect, um, you know, this, it's a negative electrical system, is what it is. I mean, it's less spin energy. But I mean, um, you've heard about people who, um, we got one on uh, Facebook, and name's Linda Denny. Uh, she claims that, uh, you know, her auric field, they want to call it, her electrical field, affects uh, computers and things like that, and will shut down. Uh, I believe this happens with Emily too, and um, so it can it can affect earthly technology um, because it's not designed for that. Historical examples like back in the 19th century, we had a blackout, things like that. A lot of this stuff is fear mongering because you, you can see the system is holding up. But uh, there have been some problems. So if these stories are correct, because these are like mainstream articles, you know what right? I mean? And uh, so anyway, what they're trying to cover it up because this is actually a gift from God. Any any gift that God gives uh, to humanity, <laughs> in the system of control, um, they try to cover it up, you know, dampen it, uh, put it in a dark corner somewhere, uh, lead somebody off in a different direction, right? When do they ever showcase it, Chuck, and tell you the straight truth? Well, no. Here's what God's doing. Because they always put a spin on God. God's not doing anything for you. God's mm-hmm. not helping you. You have no hope. God, you know, there's no evidence that He loves humanity or anything. He just created this place, and you know, the deist. If you want to be a theist, you know, they want to turn you into a deist because that, and you're on the way to being an atheist. But deism has to do with the concept that uh, that God created, that He, that he became apathetic. for one or another reason and abandon his creation, or he's just not maintaining it properly because he's just the interest level isn't high enough, you know. Maybe he's got too much going on elsewhere, and we're not that important. But um, so we believe that um, what they've done is they've created with the solar flare theory that's what I would call theory, and it, pretty much everybody off. believes this kind of thing. But there's a parallel effect. I mean, if you look at the sun, I'm a sun gazer, it is way stronger. We've talked about this quite a bit, Chuck, lately. Uh And I've never seen this before. And what we're saying is that um, this uh, energy, which is a form of radiation, it's being um, transmuted through the sun. And there's a lot more than there normally is. I don't know if it's going to stay this way or if this is just kind of a temporal thing. I would think that it would uh, we're moving towards, this would
2: be the, the new normal, wouldn't you think so? I Yeah, it's building, it's starting, it's building uh, over the last, well, month anyway, I'd say at least, you mm-hmm. know, last couple of weeks, very strong, though. very strong glare coming off of it. But just like,
0: you know, if you're a flat earther, you've got to start critiquing what NASA's telling you about the sun and the moon. You know, everybody's, you know, the Earth is flat, the Earth is flat. You know, pound the table. Well, you still believe that the sun, the moon, are a sphere. Why do you believe that? You know what I mean? Why do you believe that the planets are spheres? You know what I mean? There's a lot of things that they need to, to think about. Well, it's the same thing with solar flares. Why do we believe these things? Well, isn't this what NASA says? You know what I mean? Again, just to remind people, you know, um, when you look at the moon, notice that it's always facing you. It appears to be turning. And they've got this, you know, this kind of complicated explanation for that. And it actually is rotating, but it's, it does it as it turns around the earth. And uh, it doesn't work. You know what I mean? And so, anyway. Um, uh, I've never seen him like this. And uh, what actually happened, this happened on 9-11. I was looking at the uh, sun, and maybe some of you have seen, like, an advertisement. I don't know if this, they still have this. Um, I know they had it for years. It was Sherman Williams Paint Company, where you have the stripping paint, like, on a ball, you know, on a globe or something like that here it's real uneven you know it goes up and down that is exactly what I saw on the Sun and it was dark and it and it freaked me out it actually scared me all right and um, what was freaky about it as I've never seen this before and it happened on 9/11 and I was actually uh, intending to do a show that night, wasn't I, Jeff? The mm-hmm. 9-11 show. And it freaked me out so bad. Um, that's not the first time that I've uh, gotten uh, emotionally out of kilter. And just, um... well, I, it may be the first time that I just said I'm not going to do it. Other times I've said I'll just, I'm just going to stay in the background. And that's what I said, but then I went off on a rant as if nothing happened. Remember that, uh, that podcast I did called The No True Religion?
1: <laughs> okay.
0: That, that was one where I was supposed to be in the background. But you guys do the talking, and I'll just be in the background somewhere. Because um, I actually got um, emotionally upset by something that I saw on Facebook, and that was the basis for that rant. I felt like uh, I, I don't even want to do this, you know. My mind is elsewhere. Remember, I talked about that, Chuck. I talked about how truth and information affects me differently than you know, other people.
2: Yeah, yeah. The way yeah. that God
0: wired me, it it made me upset. Um, it was some crazy teaching that I came across, and it shocked me. Someone could leave something like that. Oh man, it, it, my mind got away from me, you know. But I came around, and the things that I said. Were um, actually directed um, towards that subject. That's why I talked about the um, subject of authority so much. Right. I was inspired inspired by that. In other words, mm-hmm. there's no way that you can prove this. You don't have the authority. That people that are just, you know, it's kind of weird. Like I said before, I'm a radical revisionist when it comes to history. But. Um, I still appeal to tradition because I believe that God God is still guiding his people. And uh, he's stripped the church of a lot of truth. But he's also maintaining the truth. He's doing both, you see. And uh, a lot of the basics and things like that, um, you know, it's all about perception and a uh, person's level of knowledge because you, know, you have to be able to qualify to be able to make these judgments. but. Uh, I still believe that God is preserving truth. You know what I mean. And uh, there's people that just want to abandon any kind of tradition because they I really believe they get influenced by you by YouTube. I talk about this about this a lot in the background. Let's talk about it today. And uh, because I was talking to uh, Bruce and he said his son has been influenced by Gnosticism. This happens to a growing number of young people and I encourage him that a lot of times they'll swing back, you know. But it, it's poison on YouTube. You know, the Hebrew God is evil, or he's the Demiurge, that kind of thing, you know. And um, I'm not gonna name the person. I was talking to a friend of mine. He's a younger person. And he started talking like this was uh, like this was true and I rebuked him. And uh, said, we're not going to put up with that kind of garbage. He didn't have a strong conviction, but you could see how it was affecting his mind, you know. And that's the problem. And that's why we need mentors. Um, a mentor will steer you, you know, warn you, um, advise you, guide you, you know, tell you to stay away from this, you know. Because you can't see the danger coming. That's, that's the problem. It's just simply a lack of experience. We all go through this, you know what I mean? But you see today that people don't have mentors. It's all this individual-type uh, system. Our culture is a lot different than what we're, you know, these other cultures like we talking talking about earlier, like the Hispanics or the Asians, where they work together to accomplish a goal as a group. And you can see that Americans,
2: Yeah, the sun's been very orange lately, Dave, the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, I'm going to talk about that. Talk about these um, these anomalies that you have seen on the sun. You've talked about these uh, these lines that you've seen. I saw that today. How, how thick were they, these lines? Well, that you they,
2: saw? they were kind of like transparent. I'm not sure if it was
0: clouds or
2: something. I, I, I don't know. It was like there was some yeah. lines going across it. I wasn't sure if it was a, a thin cloud cover or something, but it was it was different. It was very different. Um, I was mentioning it's like very orange and there's, uh, Oh boy, about four days ago, I think we both saw this. It the sun was like three to four times the size that it usually is, it was like, the best way I could explain it was sometimes when the full moon comes up, it looks huge. <laughs> that is an anomaly that happens. That never seen that with the sun before, but, uh, four or five days ago, it, that, <laughs> it was just absolutely huge. The sun was, and, uh, And then the day after that, I'm looking at it, and uh, it was oblong. It wasn't a perfect circle. It was like, uh, it was like bowed on the bottom. And uh, Mm -hmm. kind of funny, two days later, I got a phone call from uh, one of our listeners and uh, one of our friends that said the same thing to me. He he said he saw it in the sunset. And uh, it was Dustin, actually. He 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 said, did you see the sunset? He goes, it looked like there was best way to explain, it would be like two suns, like one on the bottom of it. It was kind of like the egg shape or oblong. And that's kind of the same terminology I used where I saw. Um, there's been a strange glow coming off of it. It's, mm-hmm. it's so harsh on the eyes, you can't even look at it during the daytime. Yeah. And, uh, you, and you can't even see the sun. It's like just a big mass of uh, um, radiation, I guess, the best way to say it. And it hurts the eyes. And uh, But then it changes. Then two days later, like the last couple of days, it's been pretty, I guess, normal if you, you know, com- compared to the way it used to be anyway. The radiation isn't there, you know. So, But uh, it sure was hurting my eyes, though, the last, couple, the last three or four days looking at it. Um, mm-hmm. You couldn't look at it, put it that way. So uh, yeah. and I've been making a point of going out every day at sunset to actually see what it's doing tonight. Oh, another thing I saw was like when it was really orange staring at it and I can only look at it right right at sunset right before it's ready to set and there was a red glow like a uh, like a corona like uh, if you think of the eclipse the corona on the outside but it was red a red circle like a, a red glow coming off real thin red uh, red circle around the around the orange Sun and uh, strange very strange as c- catching red and orange off so I don't know. I mean, we've we discussed this as it, like has something to do with the smoke and the forest fires and, uh, um, all kinds of things we had to think about. Why, why is this happening? Okay. And, uh, then you put it into the, uh, the way my body's been processing this energy and, the uh, the feeling I've been having and, uh, no, I'm not sure what's going on. Um, kind of getting a handle on it. You know, you were talking about the, uh, the solar flares and, uh, this isn't something new. We, we we've been talking about this for six months, where we started noticing that they always announce a couple of days earlier there's going to be a solar flare, and next thing I know is I can't sleep and you can't sleep yeah. during these solar flares,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: so we kind of put together there's this there's energy coming off of these solar flares, whether. Um, they know what's going to happen. There's going to be influx of energy, so they use the solar of flare story before it happens, or I don't know. We kind of figured out, though, that's the uh, it's a cover-up thing is what it is. They're covering yeah. up something, you know.
0: Misdirection technique.
2: Misdirection, yes.
0: And now the, here's the thing. We're talking about the, uh, the dark magicians here. They never say anything positive about a solar flare, do they? It's all bad.
2: All that, right?
0: And we're saying it's it's good um, if you're able to benefit um, benefit from it, which um, actually I think most people cannot. It just varies from person to person, but potentially it's all good. Potentially, in yeah. other words, if you if you were equipped to deal with that kind of energy, um, well, I'm not sure if very many people are. Uh, well.
2: I'm I'm glad we talked about this because, you know, it's like knowledge and then using that knowledge and you you almost have to, like, acclimate your body and your mind or your mind anyway to realize what's going on to be able to benefit from it, I think, you know. So um, it's really kind of weird what's going on. I mean, I've been getting a lot more mellower lately, too, the more I've uh, um, understanding and experiencing it. I can almost, like, turn my mind onto... I can, like, turn it into a positive. It's kind of strange to see. Um, yeah. When it first started coming in, it was, like, keeping me up, and it was real uh, kind of annoying, I guess, the best way to... When you can't sleep at night and you're rolling around and stuff, is it's, it's annoying, you know, and uh, I'm not really having a sleep problem anymore. It's, uh, <laughs> it's the other way around. I'm sleeping too much almost sometimes. But uh, um, if I wasn't aware of what was going on and didn't concentrate on it or try to utilize it into a positive thing, I think I'd be, I think it would be still bugging me. If, if I say your body and your mind has to, to acclimate to it. And uh, uh, like I say, my body is tired, but my mind seems to be more sharper and, uh, and mellow. It's really mellow. It's like all this stuff is happening, um, all these natural disasters going on, all this stuff on the YouTube and the news and everything. And it's like, it's like, well, this is supposed to happen. You know, so it's like, it's almost like a, it's not a, uh, it's not, I'm not not turning my back on it, but I'm just processing it um, kind of in a natural way. Best way to explain it. It's, uh, I'm not freaking out. I think there's going to be a lot of people freaking out, but I'm going the other way where I'm kind of accepting what's going on. And uh, Mm -hmm. I'm almost be able to stay, hopefully, uh, well, if, 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 bad, if bad things do happen with the economy, or, or or natural disasters, or false flags, or whatever like that, I think I, I can process those. I will be I won't be shocked as much as the most per, the average person out there. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of these things happen. There's but man, there's going to be people just freaking out if they don't if they can't handle their emotions, or uh, um, they won't know what to do. They can't. They won't be able to think. They're not equipped to think rationally. it that way, you know?
0: Well, this energy affects you on an emotional level. The most obvious uh, example of this is lunar energy. So, as you were talking, the first time I started to develop this theory, that there there must be a new influx of lunar energy. This is not going to be good for most people on an emotional level because everything is about this alchemical balance between the sun and the moon. You don't want too much Solar energy. You don't want too much lunar energy. They're designed to work in conjunction. Uh See that? Uh Now, the thing about the lunar energy, it has a watery, cool quality to it. It's more subtle. Uh And so it's not as obvious. Um, You can get a sunburn, but when you get an excess of lunar energy, it's it's not readily evident. You know what I mean? Even though it's not good, they tell you not to uh, sleep outside under the full moon.
2: Wow. Yeah, I know. You mentioned that before. That's, uh... uh-huh. I don't know if it's ever affected me like that. I'm not sure. Yeah, people
0: used to know this kind of thing, and uh, now they would think that's superstition. It was just common folk belief. People, pretty much everybody knew that kind of thing, you know, because it was just passed down from generation to generation. Uh, But these were people that believed that these objects were emanating energy, and people today, if see what does what does um, NASA say about any kind of energy or subtle energy that has to do with the sun or the moon? They they don't they just either say nothing or gloss over it. Yeah, I mean they maybe have made some kind of comment about uh, what happens under a full moon historically. maybe have said something. I mean, they write articles and things like that, you know. They must have said something about this, you know. Just like, you know, hurry, hurry up, move along, there's nothing here, you know, you what know, happens, you know. <clears throat> yeah, but see, if you don't have some kind of an expectation, um, you, you know, you have this mind-body connection, and if there's no expectation, if you're not looking for anything, anticipating anything, you're not focusing. And it's important to focus the mind so you can benefit from whatever you're focusing on, you know what I mean? Whatever that may be. And they're not helping you to do that. They're not uh, directing you towards what's going on up there and giving you straight truth. They're giving you perversion. And so, you know, people are going to disagree with us because it's a minority opinion. But you got to understand that you're 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 trusting NASA. And I don't believe that you can prove uh, these solar flares we had a guy that used to do a lot of audio with us before and he used to talk about um, once you figure out that the earth is relatively close to the Sun and what they're telling you about these solar flares is, is, is false you know what I mean because I mean the earth would be destroyed um, if what they're saying is true of course they're telling you the Sun is very far away, 93 billion miles, you know what I mean? But you can't have that kind of radiation with an object that's close to the Earth, you know, less than 100 miles, or maybe it's like 60 miles out there or something like that. There's no way, you know what I mean? So anyway, I mean, you know, are you going to trust them? I mean, it's, it's pretty bad. I mean, it's just one lie after another. Now, they actually said on September 11th, of all days, that there had been, uh, that was the seventh major solar flare in seven days. Isn't that something? Um, It's amazing how it was um, radiating all that energy around that time. And uh, these, we just recently had the strongest solar flare since uh, 2006, and they've also been talking about how long it's been, you know, like 12 years with the hurricane. There's a there's a parallel there. Mm-hmm. Um, Clyde Lewis was talking about how this had to do with the uh, administration of um, Obama when he was in there for eight years. <laughs> but I I think he was making too big of a deal out of it. But during that period, yeah, it um, you didn't you had less of the activity. I don't think the politics has much to do with it. I think that whole thing gets kind of complicated. I have to explain all that. He was trying to make the case that um, these hurricanes were geo-engineered to affect political policy. You know what I mean, and I think there could be um, a shred of truth in there because they try to accomplish as many things as possible at once, you know. And um, I think if it was going on, it's a minor factor. <clears throat> so, do you remember anything that Emily said about uh, what she had been seeing with the sun? um also this energy um we believe it has to be with gamma gamma rays by the way to some degree
2: but it can vary
0: from person to person what you can see it um it varies it, we all have different abilities to see these things and so today i saw these lines for the first time um when you said lines i was thinking like super thin and just like yeah. you you did i thought that Maybe these were clouds because there was clouds around, you know. Now, there was some um, – this was an example where there were some um, very light gray clouds, a lot of white, just a little bit of gray in there. They look like they're behind the sun, you know what I mean? It, it's not impressive at all, okay? And so I couldn't tell if there were bits and pieces of clouds in front of the sun, but if they were, they were horizontal. Um. So I said, well, just let me see here and wait, because that was sun gazing. But then the clouds moved away from the sun, and there was no clouds around the sun at all. But then these um, these lines, because that's what you want to call them, they, they stayed there.
2: Right, right, right. But
0: I did notice them change. Yes. Fluctuate a little bit. And, and, and there was one point where they disappeared. Yes. And uh, – the, basically, the sun is changing, or at least what you're seeing, it's going to change from day to day. You know, I expected to go back maybe and see what I saw before with the dripping paint effect, and it was it was totally gone. Yeah, it was it was fairly dark, and it, that's why it freaked me out.
2: And, and I noticed those lines kind of uh, at times they kind of scrolled up and down too. They didn't stay in the same place. They kind of moved up, or and then moved down. Oh yeah, yeah. He asked that question about em- Emily, and uh, Emily's got a little different uh, uh, description of things uh, than the normal man, including myself, understands. But uh, she kind of said she noticed there was a – she She said she, there's, like, a battle going on between the good energy and the bad energy is kind of what she mentioned, what she was noticing. Uh, um, we actually believe that. Yeah.
0: We're going to talk about that a little bit because um... – we're going to talk about the opposite thing going on in the midst of all this excessive uh, solar activity. But it's it actually is going to make some sense. There's actually a war up there. Um, you got Nimbus and his crowd up there. And they are trying to darken the sun. Now, there's evidence that this is going on. In fact, that's, that's what we're talking about here. Here's the thing. What did we just say earlier? Anything that... God is doing; it's good. Don't you believe that Satan's going to oppose that? Okay. Well, how about on a cosmological level? You know, when it talks about the sweet influences of the Pleiades, do you think that Satan wants you to benefit from that? No. Well, if you believe that, and if you really believe that there are beneficial energies flowing from the Pleiades and other stars, then you, or to have a consistent opinion you should develop a theory that Satan would try to block that. But yet people don't think about that at all because they just don't think about the cosmic energy. That's the problem. See. you got to get to that level and then kind of mature your belief system and move off, off of that and develop something and then go to the, to the level where he's also going to utilize technology. And uh, I'm not going to make a big thing out of that, but it's based on basic reasoning that um, this is going to be happening on a a celestial level where he has his darker angels trying to block it. And they're also using technology. And uh, we won't go into that now, but we believe that they have um, blocking technology, actually objects up in the sky, uh, to block uh, high-priority regions Uh, this is a huge subject. We've talked about this before. And um, I believe the Chuck got a revelation that there's a war going on up there between the angels because they're trying to suppress the light. Now, Wormwood, uh, which is, uh, I've come to the conclusion it's a uh, a dark star, but technically not a sun. Just like all these objects, it emanates energy, and this is difficult to uh, to process. But it emanates a dark, murky energy. In other words, if it, um, if you were to have a beam coming from that object in a, uh, you know, in an environment that's immersed in light, it would appear to be dark because of the contrast. If it wasn't uh, very bright, then you may not see it at all. We're not going to prove anything here, but um, there's people that are claiming that there are these unusual large shadows over regions like California. And I am highly suspicious, because I don't buy into most of this stuff, okay, that this is emanating from from Wormwood. Okay? Uh, It's the opposite flashlight effect. But um, they have something up there that is attempting to block the sun, and as an example, there's a guy on YouTube that's freaking out about this. He lives in California, and he said that um, around seven o'clock is when it's sundown. The time of year. This is a little, just a little bit uh, previous here, and he he claimed that. Um, at it, it, it 3 uh, p.m., it was, um, it was as dark as it would normally be, like, 6.30 p.m., a half hour before sundown. In other words, it's become artificially dark. And um, I was actually taking note of this before I realized how bright the sun was. So I was noticing the darkening effect first. And there's also a discussion about how the, the the night is become darker. But it can vary from region and uh, different reasons and it can vary from night to night, which would indicate there's this kind of this back and forth effect. In fact, everything that we're talking about, Chuck, it, there's a lot of variance from day to day, whether it's in your own body yes. or what we're actually yes. seeing. It, it Every day is different. And if you understand that there's always celestial beings involved, we, we live in this, um, this creation that's subject to cosmic dualism. We have conflict. So if you just understand the principle that something good is happening and there's going to be opposition, okay, and this is also something that you can feel and that you can see, then you're going to have uh, variations. You're going to have ups and downs trying to keep it simple. That's what that's what we're talking about. There's warfare up there. We we've talked about before that there's um there's been a war in heaven for I don't know a couple years, year and a half. That's that's what people have been told. But um, we'll be going into detail uh, later about um, you know a fresh interpretation of Revelation 12. This would be the first half of it. Um, which are going to be very interesting, but um, that's what you see there. Um, it is an angelic rebellion, where it says a, a third of the stars accounts to the Earth. You know what I mean? And the common opinion that refers to angels, and I'm saying yes. You know what I mean? Uh, if it's a double metaphor, we're going to be in, big, in deep trouble. <laughs> planets, <laughs> but you're talking about um, another angelic uh, eruption as far as rebellion we've talked about this kind of thing before it's a double fulfillment it happened in the first century it's going to happen again uh, there's an interesting passage in uh, Luke 21 that people overlook um, so they think it has to do with celestial bodies See if I can read that. People are talking a lot about uh, Luke 21. In Luke 21, uh, 26, this, it talks about people thinking with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the, on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Okay. I don't remember the Greek word for powers, but because of the context there, people are naturally going to be thinking about celestial bodies. And it's not talking about celestial bodies. It's it's talking about what you see there in Ephesians 6. The powers and principalities. I'm not sure if it's the same word. I have to look it up. I I didn't prep myself for that. Um, But the reason that term is used in that context is because there's a relationship, like we keep emphasizing over and over again, and we're waiting for someone to pick up on this, but nothing yet, that every... um, celestial entity has a celestial body that represented in the stars somewhere and uh, that's why it would occur in that context and people are just because they don't understand that and they don't understand that like, there would be an upheaval uh, especially in the future because they, people just have this concept that there's one angelic fall that happened in Genesis 6 and that's it you know what I mean um, at least so far you know what I mean, they're not thinking along those lines. But if they're a futurist, uh, they should believe in a, another angelic rebellion, which creates problems because they're using that text there, Revelation twelve, to refer to Genesis six. You know, make up your mind. You know, and uh, you can see on YouTube that they're starting to figure this out and and develop uh, some more mature beliefs with all that. So, it says the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And that's what you have up there. That's what we're saying. There's, um, there's a disruption up there. Things are chaotic. We're talking about, you know, the Elohim, you see? And um, you're also going to see, by the way, there's um, there's objects falling to the earth. And that's, they're faking all this. they faked it before. And I think when they were faking it, um, there was some genuine stuff going on here and there. I'm talking about, we're talking about meteorites, you know what I mean? Again, people in California are seeing uh, these objects falling. Uh, for instance, they had the big uh, meteorite in, uh, in Russia two or three years ago. I concluded that was fake, you see? And, and it just shows you, you know, it's so difficult to figure out, you know, what is true, what isn't, when they mix in the fake stuff, you know. And it's not easy to detect if something is fake. That wasn't easy for me. I just want to say really quickly that when we talk about the Schumann resonance, that's what's causing the orange and uh, blood red sun or moon. That has to do with Earth energy and, uh, what we've been talking about up to this point has to do with the uh, celestial energy. Both is going on. You've got the Earth energy um, is in, in an upswing as well. So we're in a very energetic environment and if people are not able to re- transmute this energy and refine it properly, uh, they're going to have problems, mental problems, emotional problems, and you'll see people do more and more crazy things. Are you still there, Chuck?
1: Yeah, I'm still here.
0: So, um, it's a difficult concept, um, but I believe that wormwood is casting a shadow, um, which I actually think is a beam, over significant portions of the earth. Um, I'm sure it's directed by dark angels, wherever they want to do it. Now, the other thing is, is that... Um, there is um, a blood-red red sun. That's what it's called. Uh, most of the time you're thinking of a blood-red moon. And uh, that doesn't mean that it's only the sun. It can be the moon as well. Uh, people have been talking around the country. These are contexts that I have, people that I know. Of. And um, you mentioned before that um, this had to do with the human resonance. And that is also something that is unique. It's putting particulates, electrical particulates, up into the air. But uh, we'll be talking about there's been a lot of uh, fires on the west coast. And um, I don't believe that the smoke is affecting, um, you know, the eastern seaboard. And yet people are seeing, a lot of times they'll call it an orange sun, or it can be an orange moon. And I don't really understand how this works, but I believe it's some kind of a sign from God. Because all this is highly unusual, and people are not, they're not paying attention. that the color uh, of the sun and, and the moon is changing, it's not what it used to be. It's different after the eclipse. Why is the color so different after the eclipse? Because we believe that there's all these signs in the heavens now. We're not trying to be sensational. These are things that I can't can't deny, you know, that stuff that's tripped me out. And uh, like I said before, when they they do something, it's kind of like um, a chess master moving a pawn. It's amazing what he can accomplish with a well-thought-out move. Against an inferior opponent, Uh, but they ideally they want to accomplish as many things as possible. I believe they can do that. I don't think the primary um, purpose with these forest fires uh, is creating an excuse for um, why the sun and moon are changing color now, especially the sun, because that's more unusual. I think that it's a minority factor, although I think it's somewhat significant. I think that these are ritual flames, and I believe that they're artificially created. Uh, you're going to have some natural forest fires this time of the year, but um, it's unusual. Um, you know, you got to stop and think about. the has to do with judgment of God, because. Um, the way that God judges people, you know, apart from something like a famine, and these things can cause a famine, is through fire and water. And that's what's happening to America, you know? And um,
2: and drought, too.
0: Yeah. Well, you see these huge fires that are affecting Los Angeles and, and Hollywood, you know? And Katy Perry, she held up a newspaper It says, the world is on fire. And uh, you know, I leaned in the direction that she had a handler that told her to do that. And uh, the fires got worse after she did that. Kind of interesting. But i uh, it's just a theory of mine that uh, it wasn't just the fires. It was like a signal because I see a lot of signals out there. That's what I call them. Like, they're, like, all over the place. You know what I mean? And um, I'm skeptical myself. I know there's a lot of uh, false predictive programming, but there's so much negativity out there that it's normal for people to want to shut this down. You know, you're not looking uh, for for things, for signals that everything is going to go bad. Humans don't think that way, you know. Um, We all need hope. And we need a brighter world, you know. Otherwise, it's really going to have a negative in- impact on our emotional mind, and you're not going to be happy. And the fact is that people seek happiness. Um, great philosophers taught that that's the goal of every man, is to be happy. Okay, and then the church fathers came along, and they, um, they altered that somewhat, and they, they made happiness relating to God, you know. Uh, being in right standing with God. That's the true happiness of man. And uh, I, I believe in that, you know. But just like we all need hope, we all need, we're all seeking happiness. And, uh, you know, if you go around always seeking negativity because that's the way you could look at this kind of thing, you've got to be kind of a stable person, you know. We're talking about all these signs out there uh, that could have to do with predictive programming, and they're all over the place. And um, they've had fake stuff before, so uh, I'm, I'm trying to be cautious with all this. But um, these fires have been started historically The technology, and like I said before, they've also seen people out there in, like dressed in black or something, you know, black ops agents started these fires. And um, We know that um, there have been uh, patents um, that, that could have gone through, uh, but they were prevented. And like I said, that's one of the primary ways to prove that we live in a system of control, because all these beneficial things they they can't get through the patent office. So how the heck are you going to explain that mathematically? You know, I mean it's a total embarrassment. If you ask somebody, do you believe this is all coincidence? I don't think they want to vocalize that. They just don't want to think about that. And that's one of the ways that you can uh, you know, build a case that people are actually on mind control. Because so they don't want to acknowledge the truth. I don't think people want to verbalize that, oh, yeah, that's all coincidence. How many people want to say that? They just don't want to talk about it. They just turn around and walk away. See that? Because it, it witnesses against you. There's no way that's a coincidence, that, that all these beneficial things never get through the patent office. You see that? It's a conspiracy against mankind. The people don't want to believe in that. It's too negative. But they're not going to stand behind that. Oh, yeah, I believe it's a coincidence. I'm a coincidence theorist. How many people out there actually say, yes, I'm a coincidence theorist? You know? They just don't want to think about it, you see. And if you don't want to think about it, if your mind can't function, then you're, you're on mind control. Because uh, as a deep conspiracist, I make the extraordinary claim that mind control is normative, and you don't hear people talk about that kind of thing. That's just uh, that's too far out, Dave. You know. And uh, you know, if, if you use that example, what I just said about the patent office to the regular person, his mind would shut down because it's evidence that uh, we live in a system of control. Can they acknowledge it? No. Well, you can't acknowledge, you know, the facts. You're on mind control. Your mind's not functioning properly. And that is it's gonna be pretty much everybody. You know. That's that's the awful reality out there. Anyway, um I, they've been caught using uh, Maser technology to start these fires. People have seen these beam weapons. Um And Clyde Lewis was also talking about um, these radiation spikes that had to do with the forest fires. That that was an interesting subject. I don't want to go into that too much. But um, they had these fires in Montana, uh, Washington State, Oregon, California, British Columbia. And um, I talked about the ritualistic aspect. And um, we've talked about... um, I'm going to be using the, the term Persephone. Um, we've talked about the term Azura, but we want to uh, emphasize uh, positivity here. I've talked about Persephone plenty uh, of times, uh, these podcast titles and title uh, shows themselves. But uh, that's your coming queen at the resurrection. I've gone into some uh, depth on that. And they kind of have a love-hate relationship with her because she has a variant nature—dark and light, and gray—and um, she incarnated as uh, Semiramis. However, you however you want to perceive all that. Um, I mean, she was still a celestial being, but she had a lower image that incarnated as Semiramis, and Semiramis had to do with the dove. That's her primary symbolism. We talked about that in a recent show. Talked about how that was in uh, St. Peter's Basilica. Over a sunburst, there you have the dove, and that's an occult line. People are going to think, "Well, that's the you know, that's the that's the Holy Spirit and uh, and the Trinity." You know, no, no, no. That was to to trick the Trinitarian mind. But um, I mentioned briefly that. You know, supposedly these uh, hurricanes, they start off the coast of Africa, then they move west. But uh, Hurricane Harvey was down there forming around Columbia in South America. They made a point of that. Okay, whether that was true or not, they made a point of that. And then later, they had this news story about the Columbia Lakes levees that were breached in the Houston area okay? And they're getting the Columbia in there again. And um, we had the fires in British Columbia. Now, that, that was the main cause of this um, the, uh, the, the change in the color of the sun and the moon previously. Before these fires on the west coast even started, before that, they were just up in British Columbia. Well, the things became obvious when you had the, what's called the Eagle Creek Fire in Oregon, and this is what's a severe fire. It's still it's still going on, and uh, they don't even claim, the last I heard, to be able to put it out until the weather changes. Okay, and um, the fire is right down there on the Columbia River, and this fire was so severe that it actually um, started another fire on the Washington side, okay? The uh, the Columbia River, a, a lot of people on the eastern seaboard, they're not that familiar with the Northwest. They hear more about California. We've got a huge river here, okay? Columbia River, one of the biggest rivers in America. It, it forms a natural border between Washington State and Oregon, okay? And um, – it, it's a pretty broad river, but the, um, the fire jumped the river. Now I think it was probably artificial. And I was already on the Columbia thing, uh, but when that happened, uh, it became obvious to me that this was being done for a ritualistic reason. Have to think about it. You've got a fire on both sides of the Columbia, and you've got a fire up in British Columbia. And they called it the Eagle Creek Fire. I believe it was artificially set, and they blamed it on some kids. Uh-uh, I'm not buying it. I think that the Eagle represents America. They've seen this kind of thing over and over again. That, you know, when uh, Katy Perry holds up that, that article, okay, the world is on fire, uh, that's a signal. It doesn't have to do with just the fires. And It's just a theory in Los Angeles, you know. The reason I'm saying this is because I, I'm seeing too much of this. They're telling you of what is coming. Fire is a metaphor for a number of things. You know, it can be suffering. It can be destruction. It can be refining. Uh, it has a lot to do with alchemy, things like that. Okay, It depends on the context. But um, the reason they're doing this is because it has to do with um, Persephone, if you want to call her. And it gets kind of complicated. Uh, just an easy way to make some sense out of this. Like I said before, you can go to YouTube and you can put Goddess Columbia. Okay, and you'll see a video. Uh, more information you'll want to need to know about um, it's amazing how many things that they've named after her. Just call her the Goddess Columbia. Uh, the United States was, was named after the Goddess Columbia. And switched it to um, Uncle Sam, which is Samuel that's Nimbus. Titania, what do you want to call them, okay? Uh, That's what they did. And uh, and this also has to do with the Statue of Liberty, which we'll be talking about uh, more and more. It has to echo the video and a threat against New York City. But uh, like I said, see, these are ritualistic fires. And I have not heard anyone talk about this, so that's why I wanted to point that out. Uh, Just a little data point about Persephone, you can Google this. Persephone, she's ruling in heaven below the Father. Well, it's kind of hard to process, okay? But um, this is being portrayed in Washington, D.C., because guess who's on top of the Capitol building? Now, the Capitol building is a big dome, okay? You know who's top, on top of the, the Capitol building? A, sta- a huge statue of Persephone. Go we'll Google that. And it's funny because there's not that many people talking about it. Um, one of the first articles you run into was some guy who's who's saying it's on top of the White House, <laughs> which is completely false. Uh, maybe that was a misdirection uh, on purpose. Probably not. But you can see a picture of her up there. And uh, it's a very complex statue because they're, they're using a lot of details there to communicate her attributes symbolically. It's kind of complex. It's not something that's gonna be really, um, you know, self-evident. If it has to with the language of symbolism. Okay, just like in the ancient world, they would use um, the attributes or, quote, unquote, virtue of a particular animal, like a, like a, like a lion, it has to do with strength or, um, you know, like royalty, something like that. To um, so symbolize like, something on earth, a person or a god, you know, obviously like a king. And even the mane of the lion uh, identified with the sun, you know, the rays of the sun. And uh, I think I've just changed my opinion um, just today. I think I might have actually been in the shower. But um, if you're paying attention, I've said that I think the uh, pet goat video is primarily about her or her earthly image. But I've changed my opinion. I think it's primarily about him. Okay, uh, the Messiah, the Prophet, whatever you want to call him. It mainly has to do with the classroom. I I, I wasn't quite getting all that with the classroom. We'll we'll, we'll talk about this later, okay? Um, but it's about both of them. Yeah. And it's amazing how little we talk about this. Um, because I could be talking about it week after week. Like you have, um, you know, you have Hoaxbusters out there, and you have Fakeologist.com, and they talk about the weekly um, media fakery. Well, we could make a career out of talking about the um, weekly symbolism that has to do with the coming king and queen. It's, it's absolutely relentless. And a whole year will go by. We don't even talk about that much. We're not obsessing over this kind of stuff, you know what I mean? But we have talked about it um, in the past. Um, The King Queen of Israel, the title we talked about in the Grey Goddess podcast. Um, We might have talked about it the most way back in 2012, you know? Um, We actually don't talk about the media a whole lot. Um, we, We could be doing that, you know? But with me, it's just business as usual. Like Della would talk about these codes. There's numerical codes. There's no question about them. Uh, you can look at a guy called you know, Zach Hubbard. Zachary Hubbard. He's on YouTube. He's got a blog. And he focuses on the numbers. And um, the numbers are all over the place. And that's a way that you can prove mathematically that we live in a system of control. And they're covering this up because um, uh, a lot of the words that you see in the letters, they have a numerical equivalent, you know, like C is is equal to a 3. Unless you're thinking along those lines, um, you're not going to see these things. And it's kind of scary, because it's all over the place. I'm not kidding you. And um, that's why you, it, you start leaning in the direction that there are celestial beings doing this, or some kind of a biological computer, uh, an AI, an artificial intelligence, you know what I mean? Uh, for the simple reason that it's, it's just too much work. Um, even if there were humans involved with decision-making, You'd want to turn it over to a computer. I mean? Uh, I haven't uh, chat room here in a while. Hi, Cade. Hi, uh, Jesse. Hi, uh, from Meyer. Hi, Raven's been here for a while. He might be asleep. Hi, Frank. And I, have, I haven't looked at the chat room. Johnny was in here. Oh, Johnny's still in there. He probably fell asleep. Are you still with us, Chuck?
2: Yeah, I'm still here. Just thinking while you're talking, you know. Taking it all in.
0: You know, the last time I did a show, um, I felt like I was being attacked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I struggled at the end. And I got the same feeling going on here. It's different, though. Hmm. I, I prayed for the show and um, quite a bit. Uh, some of these things, um, somebody does not like us talking. If, if these things are true, I mentioned three particulars there. Uh huh. Just, just imagine for illustration if those things are actually true. Uh, that would be sensitive information. It's just, it's just real simple we don't need to deal with the ego stuff like that just keep it simple if it's true that would follow by default okay. uh, you know, let's just take an example of, you know the, the Sun and moon around a sphere
1: yeah.
0: the reason it looks that way is because it there's a curvature in your direction Right. that's why it looks that way Always pointed uh towards towards you, wherever you're at, you know, generally speaking. You see that with the you know face of the moon. And, and people are not even hearing this. Now, like I said before, you see um <laughs> wormwood, and uh I just want to mention this because I don't think I mentioned this last time, but um, that went some uh, detail about Wormwood, but one thing I didn't mention is that not only is it winged, and it's traditionally a disc, but there's a god there. You see that? And the importance of that god is to illustrate: in the ancient world, they identified these select celestial objects with a the deity. They're showing you the whole thing right there. You know what I mean? It's a winged disc. And, uh, see, you're talking about a one-dimensional picture. So I think sometimes people are assuming that it's a winged globe. And I'm not denying that it's never a winged globe. But, uh, like I said before, all this information was passed through the medieval era. And just like, you know, Greek mythology, Roman mythology, you're really trusting. You're talking about preservationist information. You know what I mean? You don't have certainty with anything, including the ancient cosmologies. Everything is the same, including the Bible. I've said before, I mean, is there any authority that can infallibly prove that there wasn't a single word in the Bible somewhere that wasn't intentionally corrupted? Because all we can do is measure one text against another. All you can really do is go back in time. You know, you're going to look at the validity of these texts as far as the Hebrew text goes, you're going to measure it against the Dead Sea Scrolls. That's all you can do. You know, we don't have absolute certainty about the integrity of those texts. And we've all been snookered. They don't want us to think about this. And uh, you can tell because the academic community does not want to discuss intentional scribal additions. They don't don't do that, that would be uh, a conspiracy. I'm talking about the conservative ones now, okay? They're gonna defend the text. And it's really a human condition uh, because um, that's what their career depends upon.
1: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket?